Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is most certainly true. Jesus is alive and death is dead. His tomb is empty and our hearts are full. His promises are fulfilled. The victory has been won. Easter brings fullness and life and joy and meaning and hope into our lives and brings them in fullest measure. Our songs of Alleluia will never end. Join us to worship our risen Lord with this Easter sermon recently delivered at Grace. The words of the gospel for this day are the basis for my sermon this morning as well. Today's gospel is from John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. What was it like in that room on that first Easter evening? Did each disciple sadly stare at the ground, reflecting on the events of the last few days? How could Judas betray him? 
one of us, and now Judas is dead. How could our own people reject him and and crucify Jesus? And, And how could Jesus let all these things happen? Or perhaps, did each disciple stew on his own personal guilt? Why did I do that? Why did I run away? How could I fall asleep in Gethsemane? How could I deny the Lord? Maybe by this time in the day, this room was abuzz with conversation and confusion. If we briefly review the Easter timeline, early in that morning, the women went to the tomb. They found it empty. They saw the angel who spoke to them. They went back, and on the way, Jesus appeared to them. Jesus also personally and privately appeared to Mary Magdalene. The women returned. They told the disciples. Peter and John ran to the tomb. They saw it empty. Later that afternoon, two other disciples, one of which was named Cleopas, were on the way to Emmaus. They walked and talked with Jesus. And when they recognized the Lord, he disappeared. And and they ran back to tell the others. In Luke's account, Luke says this, There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon, that is Peter. In other words, we can put together all the information from the four gospel accounts and it's pretty safe to assume that by this time in the evening... The disciples were fairly certain the Lord had, in fact, risen. Yet, how does John start his gospel account today? They were locked behind the doors in fear. Oh, how Satan wants to prey on us in our weak moments. Oh, how my sinful heart wants to cling to all kinds of worries and doubts. These disciples had every reason to be confident that Jesus did everything he said he would. Pastor Hockman reminded us last week on Easter morning just how often Jesus told them he was going to suffer and die and rise again. Not only did he foretell it, but he did it. That very morning, the women saw the angel, and what did the angel say? He has risen Just as he said, not only did Jesus foretell it, not only did Jesus do it, but now many of them had actually seen him alive, and yet here they are locked in this room, afraid. Fear seems to have gotten the best of their weak and feeble hearts as the worries of this life and worldly things plagued their minds. What if we're next? What if the Jewish leaders hunt us down? What if we're killed too? You know, when Satan gets you going on this worry and fear train, he often wants to push you further down the tracks. And usually he wants to push you further in fear until you get to the point of doubting your relationship with God. And so we could imagine that very likely for these disciples, lurking beneath these worldly fears were other deeper spiritual fears. What if Jesus doesn't forgive the sins that I committed? 
What if God holds this against me? What if I die at the hands of the Jews and God doesn't want me in his heaven? What if I've ruined my relationship with the Lord? So what would Jesus say to these doubting, fearful, confused disciples? How could you do this? I told you so. Why are you afraid? Don't you get it yet? No, not at all. The Apostle John, one of the disciples who was in that room, recorded this for us today. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The very first word that Jesus proclaimed was peace. What a beautiful word that is. Peace is a word that means the absence of strife. When there's peace in a relationship, that means there's harmony. So when nations are at peace, they're not fighting. When people are at peace, there's no conflict. They don't have any beef with each other. You could say when there's peace in a relationship, everything's good. But on a deeper level, peace can also mean prosperity, as in spiritual prosperity. So when you have peace with God and your relationship is good, that means all the blessings of his love and his grace are flowing in your direction because your relationship is at peace. On that evening of that first Easter, Jesus came and appeared among his disciples and proclaimed the most wonderful gospel good news, peace. You have peace. All your sins are forgiven. See my hands and my feet and my side where I bled for you. See how I paid for your sins. See that I died for you. See how I crushed Satan and now see that I'm alive. I've restored your relationship with the Father and now all grace and blessings are flowing in your direction because now you have peace. Jesus won peace. Jesus proclaimed peace. And standing there before him, Jesus was the proof of their peace. Did you catch in the gospel today how instantly their disposition changed? The very next verse says this, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. From fear to joy in an instant. But I would like you to reflect for a moment on what actually changed in the world in that moment. The Jewish leaders were still a very big threat. The Roman Empire was still a world superpower. They were still part of a very small group of followers of this Jesus that most people didn't like. You see, Jesus and his peace, he, he did not come to conquer the empire. He did not come to vanquish and dismantle the Sanhedrin. Nor did he come to give his disciples Marvel Avengers superpowers so that they can go out to the world and I'll never be afraid again. No, the peace that Jesus offers is much different. Instead, with this restored relationship with God, Jesus gave them peace so that they could have confidence going into a sinful world knowing 
My sins are forgiven. Jesus gave them peace knowing that even facing opposition, because all the grace and blessings of God were flowing in their direction, surely God would work all for their good because he loved them. Jesus gave them peace to know even if they died at the hands of the Jewish leaders and the Romans, which you probably know most of them later did, they would still be in the peace of eternal life with the Lord. Jesus gives true peace, a changed relationship with God, a peace for now and for hereafter in heaven, and that peace brought them joy. As we reflect on this story this morning, I can't help but think how many parts of this parallel our modern times today. Being locked behind closed doors in fear seems to be a recurring theme of late. In fact, it was just over one year ago that across the country lockdown orders were put in place, including in our own state. And while opinions vary, many did go behind closed doors locked in fear. What if I get COVID? I have health complications. What if I get it and I spread it to someone that I love who has health complications? Even to this day, many are behind closed doors with COVID caution. Almost exactly two months after our state's lockdown order, a man by the name of George Floyd died in Minneapolis. And within hours, doors locked in fear. Some afraid of police, some afraid of protests, some afraid of riots. My cousin works in the, in the healthcare industry and she has a high-rise condo in downtown Minneapolis. So there she was, locked down from COVID, but also looking out her windows, watching her city burn in front of her face. Many other incidents, as you know, sprung up across our country, including in our own state, in Kenosha, in Wauwatosa, as doors locked in fear and the National Guard descended among us. Do you remember in November? The news of a shooter at Mayfair Mall and doors locked in fear. On the day of Epiphany, January 6th, 6th, people stormed the U.S. Capitol building and very literally leaders of our nation went and hid behind locked doors in fear. This seems to be kind of a recurring theme for us. But then again, you don't have to be behind a door to be locked up in fear. Many are locked behind the doors of the fear lurking in their own hearts. What if my guilt is too great? What if Jesus doesn't forgive this sin? What if I die from COVID or cancer or some other reason in this world and God doesn't want me in his heaven? What if I've ruined my relationship with the Lord? We too, like the disciples on this first evening, have every reason for confidence. We just walked through Lent with Christ to his cross. Last week, we just celebrated Easter with marvelous splendor. But oh, how Satan wants to assault us with the fears. Oh, how my sinful heart wants to be like Thomas and doubt that this is real or that this is true, even though almost everyone Thomas knew had said, yes, Jesus is alive. With all this worry, 
and wonder, with all my doubt and despair, what will the Lord say to you and to me? How could you? Why are you still afraid? Don't you get it yet? No, not at all. The risen Lord comes to us, his disciples today, just as he did disciples on this day and proclaims to us the very same message. Peace be with you. Jesus shows to us his hands and his feet and his side and he says, stop doubting and believe. See where I bled for you. See how I washed away all your sin. I died and paid for what you have done. I crushed Satan and see, now I'm alive. I have restored your relationship with the Father and now all the blessings of grace and love are flowing in your direction too. And oh, how this peace fills us with joy as well. Please stop for a moment, though, to reflect with this good news of peace that we have. What has changed in the outside world? When you walk out these doors in just a few moments this morning, there's going to be nothing different out there than when you walked in. The only difference is that you have been reassured that you have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus does not come with peace and rise from the dead so that he can conquer COVID. Jesus did not rise from the dead so that he can dismantle governing authorities, nor does he give you, his disciples today, Marvel Avengers superpowers so that you never be afraid again. Jesus doesn't change the outside sinful world around us. No, he works even greater miracles than that. He changes the status of your relationship with God. He changes sinful, stony hearts from doubt and unbelief to faith and trust. The risen Savior gives us proof of peace and oh, what joy we have. Maybe still yet, lurking in the back of your mind is this thought, "Ah, but if only we were there, If only we were in that room and we could see the Lord Jesus and we could hear him proclaim this peace. If only we could touch him himself and then then we would really be sure. But friends, know that the Lord Jesus does this for us today only in different ways. Remember what he told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so we see not face to face but now we see and walk By faith. Today, Jesus, the Word made flesh, comes to us in the Word. And on the pages of Scripture, he proclaims to us just as good as if he were standing here face to face. He says, peace be with you. After all, what did John write at the end of the Gospel this morning? He said, these words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. Do you want proof of peace? Then go to Jesus himself, the Word made flesh in his Word. But I still need more proof, my fearful heart says. The gracious Savior knows this about us. And so the Word made flesh comes to us not only in the Word, but also with water. And He washes us and cleanses us 
and forgives us and claims us to be his own as we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so that day after day we can return to the font where we not only hear the Lord but where we were touched by the Lord. A physical reminder every day that we have proof of peace. But I still need proof, our doubting hearts say. And the gracious Savior once again smiles and says, Oh, my dear child, then come to my table. Come and see me face to face by faith. Come and touch my flesh. Take and eat. Taste and see. Here is your proof of peace. You know, in this world, there will never be a lack of opportunity for fear. We look around us, we flick through the news and click through our social media, and we will see in a sinful, broken world, sinful people and all kinds of terrible things. But Jesus, our dear Savior, knows the doubts and fears that assail us. And so as Jesus rose from the dead to prove his victory, he appeared to his disciples to prove their peace. And now today he comes to us through his word and sacraments and does the same. Jesus is our proof of peace and we know this for sure, for certain, because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. And please stand. Let's join to confess our faith with Christians throughout the world using the words of the Nicene Creed as found on the top of page 11. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please remain standing for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the Easter confidence that is ours in your promises kept and your sons rising from the grave. Keep that joy in our hearts all our days 
that we might be wise to follow you, strong to cling to you, and bold to confess you. Cause this Easter message to be the joy that is on our lips, that many more might enjoy the peace that is ours in your forgiving love. We rejoice that you've given us the victory over sin and death and that heaven is our eternal home. Grant a rich measure of your comfort and peace to the family and friends of Grace member Hattie Gelzer, who was called to your side this week. Grant Easter comfort to all who mourn and Easter confidence to those who doubt. Because Jesus lives, Hattie now lives with you in glory. Because Jesus lives, we live in a new life here on earth and have a sure future of everlasting life with our risen Savior. Shine with Easter glory and give us the joy of knowing that our sins are forgiven and that life is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, visit www.gracedowntown.org. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.